Hello and welcome to a, a one-off episode of Equalizer Podcast with Claire and Chelsea today. Uh, we're recording this about oh half an hour after the She Believes tournament ended. Um, so we're here to talk about the U.S. finally getting a win, a one over win over Brazil. Unfortunately, not enough to to win the tournament as England pretty thoroughly dominated Japan and, and took home that trophy. But the U.S. finally did get a full three points from one of the games. Uh, Claire, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. Obviously, I'm sure it's good. For, I mean, it's good for morale for them to end this on a on what could be considered a high note, finally, you know, getting a win. But I'm not entirely sure a 1-0 win over this Brazil team is significantly more impressive than a 2-2 tie against a team like England or Japan. Um, you know, in the game before the U.S. game, England dismantled Japan uh, to, to take the, the full trophy for the tournament. Uh, and it was, it was another... So this game was odd in that, obviously... We got the big, you know, lineup change that everyone was really hoping for at the start was that Sam Mewis got that start in midfield. And I think everyone would probably agree that she did a really great job. Uh, she looked a lot more natural in there. She possessed under pressure, which is something that, uh, you know, the midfield tandem of Rosa Vela Malpew was really struggling to do on the previous two games. Um, but also... You know, there were still spurts of this game where despite some really strong individual performances, um, it really just kind of looked like the U.S. didn't know what they were doing. Not so much in that they were getting beat by Brazil, but in that they didn't have anything cohesive going forward for much of the second half. Um, and so I think definitely positives in that, you know, the U.S. is still a much better team than Brazil and... Um, you know, they were able to get a shutout, which I'm sure they were very, very happy about. Having Becky Sauer run back in the lineup, too, was a huge, huge upside for them. But still, I just am not entirely sure that a ton of these lingering questions were uh, were totally answered. Uh, what did you take away from the match? Yeah, I, I kind of, you know, even though it was a win, and I, I think it's a good a good win for morale, and I think getting a clean sheet is, is for the first time in a while, is very important. Um, that I did not... I really thought at the end of the game they weren't going to come out with it. They were not f- closing out the game well. Um, I know there was a moment late in the game where uh, Crystal Dunn had just left Marta completely wide open on the flank. Like, didn't even have an idea that she was there. Um, later, you know, a couple seconds later, the ball um, actually ended up getting recycled to Marta. Dunn actually noticed her at that point in time. Marta was still able to get the cross off, and Ashton Harris pulled off a really nice save. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I just, there were there were definitely times late in the game where I thought, oh, this is going to be another draw. Like, we just were not closing it out. And I also kind of thought that, that the U.S. really struggled in, in their own attacking um, 18. Is they were creating some really good chances, but uh, just kept kept going wide. Um, yeah. You know, I think that had that, that penalty, which in my opinion was a clear penalty on Mallory Pugh early, you know, first minute of the game. Mm-hmm. Had that been awarded, had, you know, whoever, probably Alex Morgan put it away, maybe that would have changed things. Um, but they just, they were creating opportunities. And as you said, you know, Sam Mewis changed, you know, did some good in the midfield. I still weren't, weren't putting them away quite, quite the, the way that I thought. But, you know, beyond this, I just, I'm baffled that we went this entire tournament and we finally saw Jess McDonald in like, you know, what, 
two or three minutes of game. Mm-hmm. We never saw McCall's or Boney. We never saw Andy Sullivan. Um, we also we also saw a confirmation of uh, just what a step down Emily Sonnet is at right back than Kelly O'Hara. In multiple know. games, yeah, yeah, against multiple opponents. She just does not, she's not as comfortable defending 1v1. She does not bring the same thing going forward. And I noticed, particularly in this game, how much Tobin Heath was checking back mm-hmm. more when Sonnet subbed on. So you yep. can tell that her comfort level's not there. And that's that's not what you need. You need Tobin Heath, who was probably, I think, their, their best player in this tournament mm-hmm. consistently. Right. You need her up, yeah. up high. Um, so, you know, it, it was a gra- it was kind of a grab bag. It was it was good. You know, I think Ashlyn Harris had a really good game. I think that, that having Becky Sauerbrunn out there, she she stepped up to to uh, to deny some chances because I, I thought there was a, you know, once or twice that Abby Dawkins had lost her mark. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's still kind of an issue. What did you think about Julie Ertz tonight? Ertz had another weird game, I thought. Um, she man, I even just going back to like, if you look at, if you <laughs> looking, I again just kind of, I, I don't know. Well, first, okay, a couple of things. Thing number one, I was frustrated for much of the second half that Julie Ertz was playing at all. Um, I think that you know another issue of, of this match was that uh, Jill Ellis didn't make subs until you know late in the game. Um, there's no reason to put. Julie Ertz through a full 90 minutes of uh, of all of these matches, especially when it was clear at some point that it's not like they were going to win the tournament with this match tonight. Um, yeah, I think I think that she looked stronger with Becky Sauerbrunn behind her. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's still kind of a far cry from what we were seeing this past year. What were you thinking? Yeah, I, I kind of it, I, I thought she took a step down from the last couple of games. Yeah. Maybe that that was just so much of the dirty work these last two games. Mm-hmm. You know, she had more support not only with Becky Sarburn behind her, but with Mewis in front of her and, and I liked that she was able to get forward more. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I just I thought her passing was yeah. uh kind of sloppy especially the first half right just wasn't what we're we're used to seeing from her and and she got stripped a couple of times and that's just not something that you're used to seeing from from julia right she looked that was maybe maybe that's where my frustration about the subbing came from she just looked a little bit off a little bit tired a little bit less precise um which it was it and the thing too is is i i definitely feel like julia Ertz is the kind of player that um other teams kind of hack at a little bit um because they know that, you know, she, that's, you know, obviously just the nature of her position. And, um, I do think that even when I, some stuff that I've seen from her at at the club level as well, that can start to wear her down. She is definitely not, um, an uninjurable player or someone who, who doesn't get affected by that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I wonder if maybe there was a little bit of fatigue there. Which kind of makes me wonder what's going to happen if she's playing that position for an entire World Cup tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this this tournament was just like the group stage. Mm-hmm. Like, you had a whole, you know, row of games after that. So, right. it, you know, that I think that's a concern because obviously they're very, very dependent on her there. Right, and, and it is the thing, too, where 
obviously we got Mewis tonight, but um, and having Lindsay Horan back hopefully will alter things as well. But um, obviously very little midfield rotation, which you would think of all things considering the depth of the team. Uh, not necessarily, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that we need to see a ton of it now, but obviously for group stages, you know, that is where you would want to rest your your most important players, even if you're playing a team like, you know, Thailand or something. Um, and then that's also why I wonder why, you know, at least, again, why the set? I don't understand why the second half, of this match wasn't treated differently when it came to player management. I mean, I kind of wonder if it was because that the win did not look, look necessarily secure. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And so Jill was, you know, was really trying to make sure they, they finished this tournament with at least one win. Yeah. Cause sense. we know winning is very important on home soil. Yeah. Right. If they, if they had, if they had, if this had turned into an, I'll sacrifice pretty much been, anything to do that. Um, right. If it, if it had been a, a one, one draw, that would be, I think there would be some really, really tough questions that the coaching staff would have to ask themselves. And they maybe bought themselves a little bit of time there with, uh, with that. But again, it's not worth it if it's at the detriment of player health. Well, yeah. And if it's not, we're also not worth it too. If, if those questions need to be asked, right. you know, is this a false sense of confidence that they narrowly defeated the worst team in a tournament? Right. And, and um, close, you know, like I said, it, it did not five more minutes. I mean, one, you know, a great stop by Ashlyn Harris or one clearance by, by Becky Sauerbrunn, and, you know, one, one thing off could have been a whole different story, which I guess in some manner of speaking is every game. It's, it's often narrow margins, but this was just, I thought this would be a much more comfortable win based on how Brazil had played um, the other teams. And maybe they also kind of saved their best for last in the manner of speaking. Um, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, really I expected a better showing. Yeah. I think everyone was expecting the U S just to dismantle Brazil. Um, you know, but and I, and I wonder a little bit too if maybe maybe a one zero win against Brazil now is like an out of form three nil win if uh, the U.S. is you know in mid season form just you know after having played with their clubs for a bit but uh, yeah it's still not good enough and and that's and it like it brings back the other thing too where it's so weird that the last two games they weren't having a lot of trouble scoring goals but obviously they were conceding dumb ones this game the defense looks a lot stronger in in at least in the center and but they now they had just like you were saying they were having a lot of trouble in the attacking third and it's like they can't they just don't have the ability to put a full performance together or haven't and and really haven't since the end of 2018 which also makes me wonder a little bit if how much that will improve once the players are playing more regularly again. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't, you know, I've never been quite in, in tune with that, uh, that argument because I think these players are pretty much used to playing year round. They did have a strong game. And if they're really still out of shape, that calls into some questions to me about their professionalism. Cause I don't think that, hmm. I don't know that Don Scott's going to let that happen too much, but that's just my own personal uh, view on it. I guess maybe I just mean in touches. You know, you talk about errant yeah. passes or, you know, I don't know. I just think that there's a speed 
that that changes a little bit um, when you're you know in season versus out of season. Yeah, one other thing I kind of wanted to talk about was we saw it briefly, and it kind of you know it was one of those bizarre late game things where they're just like switching back and forth between uh-huh. formations, and we heard we heard I think it must have been Jill on the sideline saying "Get ready to rotate." Somebody said yep. that. Get I ready to Jill. rotate. And so, but we saw Tierna Davidson again um, in kind of a six role uh, for a little while. It, well, I'm it, like, it's the whole, the weird thing to me about that is it's like they've decided to reimagine the six as like a center, center back. <laughs> like this idea of this deep the six. The most center that, of center backs. Yes, the most central center back uh, that sits in between the other two center backs to form a center back trifecta um i mean i like the idea of pushing julia it's forward i think that that is not a bad idea i think she does quite well there but um yeah it's the idea and this again goes back to the idea of asking those hard questions which is i don't really understand why at this moment the u.s coaching staff is trying to reinvent the wheel um and it's still just a matter of i think that it is confusing. It's confusing to watch. I can only imagine what it's like to play. Um, and maybe if there's insight as to where that would be useful, but wasn't quite clear, uh, as of this evening. Well, and again, it's, it's, they just seem to randomly switch back and forth in the course of, you know, 10 minutes. Like, what are you getting from that? If, if you really want to try something out, why are we not seeing that for at least an entire 45? Right. And so that's, and another thing is, and I, I said this way back in, you know, in 2017 during the, the three back experiment, if you were going to have your most central of central, central defenders, it needs to be Becky Sauerbrunn, right? Like, why would it be anyone else? Right. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Like, right. Why, why would you push the actual center backs further out in order to make room for your six while also not necessarily having anyone pick up that space where the actual number six usually plays? Yeah. And it was just, you know, in this being Terry Davidson, who obviously has been out for a while with an injury and is kind of, um, you know, still kind of finding her form back. But she's played her, you know, at a, a normal center back, at a central center back, mm-hmm. at an outside back, at a six. And it makes me kind of, I want to kind of compare Davidson and Pew. Because I feel like Pew was not in very good form for a while mm-hmm. um, at her natural spot as, as a winger. So now Jill's trying to shoe her, shoehorn her in as a central midfielder. So I'm like, why would you take someone who's already in poor form and try to make them learn something new? I don't see that as being a recipe for success. And I don't want to see the same thing happen with Davidson. Because I think we're much, um, much more shallow at where Davidson's position as central defense. Whereas is where I think Pew, you have a couple more options um, on the bench to, to maybe alleviate that. Well, and it also, it, it's like the same mindset that leads you to start the same keeper, you know, for 30 games in a row or something where you, it's like, you think you can, if you can just work them in, if you can just work them into being confident again and finding that form. And to a certain extent, you know, that is, uh, that that's been proven in different, different ways, but, this idea that, okay, so they're not good enough to have their starting position anymore because they've fallen out of form. 
and we still want to be a good team, so we need the better person to be in that position, but if I can just keep working this other player in this other spot, then they'll not only be back enough in form that they'll be good depth to their original position, but also they can help on the field in other spots, and that's just not how soccer works. <laughs> yeah, it's just, she takes the idea of, of versatility and, like, just completely runs with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you, you also have players um, who are never asked to do anything differently, and that's fine. Why would you ask Alex Morgan to do anything differently? Right. You know, she she maybe didn't she didn't get that hundredth goal, and she maybe had on some aspects maybe quieter game on the ball this tournament than you would expect from her. But I thought that her off the ball work was was fantastic. Yeah, and that's, this entire tournament. Yeah, and that has quietly been a part of her game that has really developed in, in a cool way yeah. in the last three years or so. Um, no, I, I thought Alex Morgan quietly had a very strong tournament. Um, uh, well, and, you know, talk about someone who not so quietly had a strong tournament. Kristen Press came off the bench again and uh, did pretty well. They kind of slotted her into the 10 spot. And she found. I thought that she was pretty savvy. I thought she was pretty savvy there. Yeah, I've. I think you know we we've seen her um, previously, not so much for the national team, but I think in Chicago she played a little bit of, of ten sometimes mm-hmm. um, when needed. And I think you know obviously I still prefer her as a nine, but I think if needed, she absolutely fits in at a ten. Um, certainly better than than Pew did. And I thought Pew's best moments for when she would kind of rotate with Heath and get out wide, which again is where she should be. So it's like why, you know, let these players again, like Kristen Press, she's she's done really good subbing in as a wide player, but mm-hmm. she looked her best as a as a ten this tournament in my opinion. So why try to do all this moving these players around the field and all this mismatch and making Crystal Dunn play three positions in one match or or now Julie Ertz or Tierna Davidson and just it's overcomplicating the game, and and soccer is, is should be beautiful in it, in its simplicity, in my opinion. Right. Yeah. No. It's um. It's going to be very interesting to see what the next kind of round of friendlies have in store, um, because if the trend. If the trend after this tournament is hopefully to simplify a little bit, but I could see the trend continuing of just a lot of very complicated coaching going on um, in an attempt to be ready for whatever the tournament could throw at them when, I mean, I think a lot of people would agree this team really thrives when the players kind of get out of their own way. Uh, So I'm very interested to see. I would hope that, you know, some lessons would be learned. Uh, we don't always see that with this team. So, uh, so yeah, it's, I, I just, I, I've walked away from this tournament with a lot of questions. Yeah, I, I agree. A lot of questions, not, not many answers. Um, so I guess we'll find out in, um, another month or so they'll take on Australia and Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um, in a that Australia here. game is one to circle on the calendar. That's going to be really interesting. Yeah, and you know what? I, I like I like Belgium, too. They're not as good, but I think, you know, like most European teams, they play a little bit different style than we normally see. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I yeah, but I think the Australia one there, they, they have had a really strong uh, Cup of Nations and are looking pretty good under their new coach. So, yeah, we'll we'll find out if, if Ellis comes up with the answers between now and then, if maybe – since the players will be in preseason, then maybe they'll be in a little bit better form. Um, 
So we will find out in a couple weeks. But anyway, again, this has been Chelsea Bush and Claire Watkins, and you are listening to an extra special edition of the Equalizer podcast.